Well, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Full Pelt Music Podcast. Shortly, we'll be joined by St Agnes to talk about their latest album, Bloodsuckers. But before then, the usual reminders from myself. If you would, please do follow Full Pelt on social media. We're on Facebook at Full Pelt and on Twitter and Instagram at Full Pelt Music. And again, if you would, please do hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, wherever you're watching or listening. Welcome, Kitty and John, to the Full Pelt Music Podcast. Absolutely delighted to have you both on today. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Very good, thank you, yeah. Yeah, excellent. Obviously, a really exciting time for St Agnes. Um, just put out your latest album, Bloodsuckers, which we're going to delve into shortly. Um, but as I look out the window, I'm reminded that it's supposed to be summer. Um, mm. It doesn't really look like it at the minute. Um, but obviously, you guys have been out with Monster Magnet across Europe, and you've just played 2000 Trees as well, which I was lucky enough to catch your set at, which was uh, mm. one of my favourites of the whole weekend. So I just wanted to start off by you know, just checking in, you know, how has your summer been? Yeah, great. Um, Tour of Monster Magnet was just amazing. Um, we love playing in Europe. We haven't been out there since before the pandemic, maybe yeah. once. We did one show since the pandemic out there as a festival, but yeah, it's the first time we've toured. Yeah, and before the pandemic, we were backwards and forwards on the, um, what is it called? We lived in the tunnel. In the tunnel, we, we were yeah. backwards all the time. Um, so it was great to get back out to Europe. And like Monster Magnet is such a great band mm -hmm. um, and such nice people as well. So mm -hmm. that was great. Uh, and yeah, two thousand trees is, is cool as so, well. Yeah, two thousand trees is a good way to wrap up. We've just been like we're we're just always really busy, even if we're not doing anything. It's kind of like front facing, like doing shows, something. We're always busy because we make all our own videos, um, and the amount of extra work that entails and everything. It's great to have the creative control over it. We love it, and we love being able to express ourselves in that way. But we are control freaks, which comes with a massive mountain of like stuff to do which is you know we wouldn't have it any other way but it just means this whole summer yeah when people say like how's your summer it's like oh is it summer like yeah. I've, I've been in a dark room like yeah. for weeks on end so don't yeah know. <laughs> yeah yeah the tour was the first time we got to relax do you know what I mean like yeah. that, that was as close as the thing we had to a holiday as as we can imagine like we um it was in it was during the insanely hot period mm. as well and we had the joy of breaking down on the second day and uh, spending a day sat on baking hot tarmac outside a uh, Mercedes garage, knowing that we were missing a show and we we're about seven hours away from our accommodation and just feeling like, welcome back to touring in Europe. But actually, you know, as soon as we saw that, it was plain sailing and it was absolutely great. Loved it. Yeah, no, I'm glad you got over that little hiccup. And uh, obviously, yeah, the shows from what I can see from social media and everything uh, went down really, really well. And um, obviously something else going down really, really well from what I can see is Bloodsuckers. So it's, it's your second album. Um, it's just come out. And uh, obviously I always touch on reaction at some point during these podcasts because it is so instantaneous these days with social media. It's not like the old days where you had to wait for magazines to come out with reviews, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, how have you found the reaction so far to Bloodsuckers? Oh, just amazing. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't, we, we, the record's like very personal and we made it entirely for ourselves, to be honest. Um, partly because I think that's like really important as an artist is you need to be making stuff that you love and that really should be your only metric. Um, but also partly because I was in such a difficult place mentally that that was all I could do was make something for myself and, and use it in that way. Um, so to see it out in the world and have, you know, the reaction we're getting from fans is, oh, it's just been like mm. humbling. Actually. It has been humbling because we when we were making it, there was no recognition of that it was ever going to even come out because mm. we were 
struggling from day to day so much because of um kitty had lost her mum just before the recording and was going through a slight intense level of grief and mental turmoil mm. there was enough just to get to the end of each day so the idea that there was this kind of like oh in six months time there's going to be a record on a shelf somewhere that people are going to buy just felt like you know it felt like fancy land and so we just focused on creating what we were creating in that moment creating the world that day that we needed to live in to be able to kind of get through everything and to now see that oh shit it is out it is in the world and people are responding to it and finding what we kind of like on reflection really hoped after we'd finished it was like this is there's some light in the darkness here that people are coming and writing to us and saying this is really helping me you know we, we had a note today from someone saying from this is not the end mm. um you know this song isn't just therapy for you it's therapy for me too thank you so much and that means the world I mean yeah I've got goosebumps just like yeah. sat thinking about it. it's just this incredible feeling and I think that's something I really I've kind of I've changed quite profoundly like my views on what what being a musician and artist is really in the last kind of few years and it for me now it is all about that reaching out to people and connecting with people and um being really vulnerable and honest myself on record in order to kind of like reach out into the world and mm-hmm. and connect with people um and that's what it's doing so it's great yeah no definitely and I absolutely love what you uh said to Brown's the only metric that matters is, is your own love for, for what you're making because it, so many guests that I, I speak to, there are so many pressures in the industry these days to almost, you know, pigeonhole music into a certain genre or obviously, you know, create music that is fit for the streaming environment, i.e. you need to get that chorus in there early, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, the fact that you create everything yourselves, you're doing it for yourselves, you know, it's such a wonderful story. And um, obviously, you know, my condolences for your lost kitty. And, and um, that's one of the few things in life that everyone mm. shares, everyone experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of shared experiences in this life, unfortunately. And, you know, sadly, one of them is a horrible one. Um, and, and, you know, that just, I think, as you touch on, just makes it so relatable um to, and so definitely something I picked up was yes as you said light in the dark John uh you know it was a really defiant record of yes you know life isn't perfect but you know there is hope there as well which uh, I think come across really really well thank you very much I'm really glad that you heard that yeah no definitely definitely did um and uh yeah absolutely fantastic record that obviously listeners I implore to, to go and check out obviously stream it but preferably buy it would be nice. Of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so how was the recording process for you as a whole this time? Obviously, second album, first um, working with Spine Farm Records. But of mm-hmm. course, as you've touched on, it's still driven massively creatively by yourselves. You know, how was um, how was it this time around for you? Yeah, um, very difficult. Very, As I said, it was like such a difficult time. We started um weeks after my mum died uh and she died unexpectedly and like very quickly and it was it was just a crazy time um and we started like straight away um I think because like I was thinking about it and it's like obviously I was going to make a record because that you know that's what my whole life is this band and making music and making art so the first thing I kind of turned to was making you know making music singing and things like that um so it was really difficult but um, it kind of also was 
massively helpful for me because it gave me something to focus on and I've described it as like a light kind of to follow to kind of pull me along from those first few months when I was you know really bewildered and struggling mm-hmm. um and we recorded it all ourselves here um, mm-hmm. in our studio uh, we did the drums in um a place called Lightship 95 which is a really cool studio in London it's on a boat on a boat yeah so it's in the hull of a boat right next to the O2 um and yeah so we went into the drums there and then doing everything else ourselves is just it's the, it's the only way we found so far to be able to get across what's inside our heads mm. as soon as you have to explain what you're intending to someone else even with the best intention and the greatest skill set you can imagine there's always a dilution that happens that the end product might arguably to some people even be better but for us as artists it's less satisfying mm-hmm. and we're doing this to satisfy our artistic need not to please someone else if we wanted to be making money we wouldn't be in a band you know like if if all you're thinking about is a product that you want to make go make something else like we're doing this to satisfy a deep need to like hear something that that doesn't currently exist you know you're making the band that you wish existed and that was that was always our goal and spine farm really i mean we heard almost nothing from them from the start of like just it was a we trust you to do the things the way you want to do it and we'd send them bits and pieces like here's a song that we're kind of halfway through and it was like great cool keep going you know and the only difference to that was that we had we did one song with a guy called Sean Bevan Mm. so Sean Bevan he engineered um a lot of Nine Inch Nails stuff um we're big fans of Nine Inch Nails and um he's done like a lot of other great projects and when we were starting the project we were quite overwhelmed by like the task at hand because of the situation kitty was in it felt like just enough to kind of like get up in the morning you know rather than suddenly we had like this idea oh it's a major label album that you're going to be putting out and we've always done everything ourselves before anyway but it was kind of like always on our label and on our, our terms and there was just a little bit of like well, make, making a record is really difficult. Yeah. Like the actual technical uh, endeavour of making a record is really fucking hard. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and um, we just, you know, we were like, we're going to do this like pretty much entirely ourselves. And we were daunt- quite daunted by the process. Mm. Um, but the first thing we did was we started working with Sean Bevan um, and he's over in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was all done via Zoom, cause all mm-hmm. the production and everything. And um, he really gave us the confidence to 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 make the rest of the record because he listened to our demo of the song follow you um and like loved it and um really like said to us you know encouraged us didn't mm-hmm. he that no you can do this like mm-hmm. you guys can you, you've got it in you to deliver yeah i think he'd be the first to admit he didn't do tons you know he was like you guys are on you're doing the right thing like you're following your artistic um sort of desire rather than thinking of it in any other way and he goes and that's what I'd be encouraging you to do anyway so just do your thing and then he mixed the song and when we got that back we're like yes like the confidence we're like that's us hearing it through someone else's ears who we trusted Mm. allowed us then to do the rest of the record ourselves and kind of use that as a blueprint to measure everything by it was a great experience yeah, so refreshing to to hear you like talk about that experience. To be fair, like I say, there's normally 
so many pressures and obviously you know sean and, and you know his work with you obviously gave you that confidence as you say to realize you know yeah we're doing the right thing cracking on and the freedom that spine farm have obviously given you as well um so refreshing to hear of in this day and age in the music industry so um yeah and uh, as we've said the the outcome of all of that um is a fantastic album um and it was led by the title track was the first single you, you put out into the world um obviously we featured it over on our playlist straight away um just fell in love with it straight away what about that song in particular made you think well this is the lead single because obviously the lead single for any album is always quite strategically important to set up you know what's to follow what stood out about bloodsuckers for you the single um the first thing is that i really wanted the opening line of, of our record to be bloodsucker motherfucker I thought that was like the coolest thing <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's out like an intent to be yeah, it's a major lease, you know, because when when people that we know vaguely, like in the industry and stuff, they're kind of where are you signed to Spine Farm? There is this assumption that you're going to make a big, glossy sounding record mm. that plays a bit more by the rules. And we were like, oh, fuck that. Like, we're just, we made the record totally ignoring the rules, like intentionally kind of being abrasive because that's the attitude that we needed to get across to survive the days you know yeah and so we we're like well, we're not going to compromise on it now let's we've been away for a little while making this record there's been covid you know there's all of these halts and pauses and it feels like in the music scene at the moment that there is a genuine general trend to really commodify rock music and we were like well let's just let everyone know that we're not interested in that let's go out with the like hardest song on the record you know mm -hmm. and it really kind of sums up our attitude um it's got a lot of like the anger that was part of the recording process um and we wanted something that just sonically kind of sounded different to again to other stuff that we were hearing we like we knew that it's not playing by the rules um you know the the obvious thing would have been to put out a song like outside of first it is like an easier listen you know um but we just didn't want to do that yeah and i love that attitude i really really do it's, it's again so refreshing um and something else i really love is music videos the people that have watched uh the podcast regularly know that i always try and put a spotlight on the music videos it's a real lost art form these days and again the work that you guys do, I know how painstaking it is just to edit edit these podcasts, let alone edit something like a music video. So, I mean, kudos to you for for actually you know being able to do that yourselves and having the skill and and obviously the patience to do it. And thank you. No one ever says no that. No one ever so says that. It is a lot of hard work. It's fucking annoying. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. No, I, I say I, I completely understand it, and I've got so much respect for you for doing it. And they've come out really really well as well like the videos for obviously there's, there's bloodsuckers animal outside have all got their own videos that you've put together and obviously listeners can go and watch them on youtube because that's where we watch videos these days um yeah. gone are the days of music tv which i used to sit in front of religiously <laughs> yeah. as a, a teenager oh, it's really sad that isn't it yeah like, I think it that's is a big loss for teenagers music tv because i did as well you know yeah we just stick on like mtv or Kerrang. Okay. actually think Kerrang tv is still around isn't it but yeah yeah Cultures, cultures well. change and there's a real way of discovering people yeah. because it's one thing to hear a song but i think hearing a song and seeing the, the way world, the band yeah. want to present themselves mm -hmm. really tells you a lot and it was an easier to buy into something that was maybe a little bit outside of your normal thing yeah when you're like oh this this looks like the kind of thing i want to go and watch you know that i this is going to be great on stage and 
yeah, it's a real shame. But thank you for the compliments yeah, about you. our videos. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I hate to think how many hours I spent in front of Krang and Scuzz and MTV2 <laughs> and all of, all of those um, back in, before school, after school, all these. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, obviously, blood, sticking with the single Bloodsuckers and obviously the video for that in particular, um, I, I watched it again just before um, mm. talking to you and I just absolutely love the visual like effect of that video. And like you said, it draws me to the band more and goes, yeah, I want to see this band. Um, how did you conceptualise that video in particular? We, um, so when we, when we wrote the song Bloodsuckers, it was like uh, really early on actually, like before making like the record, record it was like the first it's one of the first song, things, yeah, yeah. We actually wrote. Um, and we were so uh, pleased with it <laughs> that we um, immediately like, you know, in a weird moment of like, like I don't know, excitement, got ourselves some merch made up, uh, just for me and John. Yeah. Um, it said bloodsuckers on it, which is really like odd now thinking back that we were that confident that this was going to be. There's thing. one like detail missing in that, which <laughs> is that we had like talked about the fact that it felt like, it felt like um, we talked we'd talked before about the fact that our music feels like a contact sport like we engage with it like wholeheartedly when we play live and everything and we were like wouldn't it be cool if there was like a team called the bloodsuckers you know team bloodsuckers i need to give them more context and uh so yeah so (laughs) when we wrote the song we were like cool we should do some team bloodsuckers merch and we like had no reason to sell merch at that point because we're between release everything so we're like fuck it just make our own so we got some stuff made up we're that confident and excited about it about it and that kind of informed the yeah because the, the video. music video is like it's sports team game sports related and the idea was like kind of going out to play a sport is a bit like going out to war like being in the, the changing room beforehand and building yourself up for the moment mm-hmm. and like and that's kind of how we were seeing like the rest of the record is mm-hmm. like preparing for war you know yeah. like we are a um, team and it's like it's yeah. just, the high the stakes are as high as you want to make them you know like a sport a game of football is just some people kicking a ball around a field to some people or it's life and death to other people. It's that the mm. stakes are as high as you want them to be. And that's kind of like what we wanted to do with this kind of team thing. Like there's a real kind of like romance and excitement to the idea of like being part of any kind of gang. And it's just a way of doing that. And then we filmed that, the live part of that, we filmed that on the coldest night of the year. Do you remember it was insanely cold in January? Like really yeah. like, it was like a weird freak weather event. We filmed it on the coldest night of the year at like midnight in the middle of <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Put these floodlights out, and we were having to like run. We like we did it near a building. We were having to run inside between takes and like just try and like warm, warm up. up. Like it was, it was wasn't a, that was not safe. No, it was yeah. it was definitely borderline. Like well, I'm not sure we should be doing. Yeah, there's frost forming on, on all the, the gear equipment. between each take and stuff. Having it was to just it all up. Yeah, it was, it was insane. But it looks great. Like you all have, of the like, breath, breath and, yeah. and stuff. So it looks amazing. But yeah, yeah. we did suffer. <laughs> yeah, it was it was intense. And like you know, because we're making it ourselves and editing it ourselves there's always that nervous moment of when you first open the computer to watch the files back and you're like, is it good? Is it, has it been worth the effort? Cause there's always a chance you watch it back and go, shit, shit can't, can't, can't see Kitty's face in any of it or something. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you have to reshoot it or something. So yeah, we're really happy with how it came out. That was a brutal shoot. We, it's a habit that we have of making mm-hmm. animal was the same. We turned up, we knew we wanted to do it in East London where we had shot a daughter, the Daughter of Lucifer video from a previous release, because there's a kind of a slight lyrical tie-in. 
and um, we got there and it just a storm just started and we were like we can't do it outside because of this storm so we had to walk around and try and find somewhere we found like a and subway underpass, and yeah. underpass and went and did the the video there uh you know like sort of half drenched absolutely freezing glass like, broken glass like yeah just yeah crazy it's always hard yeah yeah definitely i mean they do say about you know suffering for your art and i mean i talked about how painstaking the editing process is but yeah i mean obviously buttons for punishment when it comes to, to recording yeah. as well and um definitely encourage listeners to go on to um the st agnes youtube obviously and check out the videos with all of the singles um obviously from this album but also the albums um previous as well and obviously um i say such a lost start and you guys have, have really like cheered me up because i always try and draw it and there's been some podcasts recently where i've gone and looked and there's not even a music video been made because yeah mm. we've cost of living and you know the impacts on the music industry i think that's these days one of the first things that gets cut from the budget like okay we can't afford to do a music video so it's so refreshing again to see you guys have uh really pulled out all the stops and it ties in really with where i want to go next is just the general aesthetic around the band um i just again absolutely love and there's a number of bands out there that are doing this really really well and and um, I mean, Ghost, I'm wearing a Ghost t-shirt. <laughs> They've certainly got it yeah. down to a T. And obviously there's, like, you know, historically my Chromatons, but newer days, you know, Creeper and uh, yeah. a load of other bands that I think just have a great package to them that doesn't feel forced and commercial. But obviously just, again, helps entice the listeners into to that kind of world. And you guys, from what I can see, um, with everything you do, um, it, you have that and it works really really well and is that you know a conscious thing on your part to try and to achieve that yeah i mean we the music exists in a in an imaginary place that we can easily kind of access so when we're talking about a song you know and we're writing it we're kind of envisaging it occurring in a sort of setting and the visual side of it immediately it's comes there, it's already away. there you know, yeah i'm thinking of the video you know, as I'm writing the song, it mm -hmm. all kind of comes together. Um, and, and it's always like very like, strong visual yeah. imagery. And that kind of does guide the song as well, really. Mm -hmm. Like, because you start to figure out, well, it's in this part of our world and it needs to feel like this. And mm -hmm. I'm picturing like, I don't know, a dark alleyway and like flick of neon lighting mm -hmm. or I'm picturing and it all kind of comes together. Um, I think like as people, like individually, we both, from being little kids have always been quite attracted to dark things and creepy things and mm -hmm. goth things mm -hmm. um, and I don't know why that is I don't know why anyone is but obviously lots of people are mm -hmm. um just more attracted to like the darker kind of aspects of life but I think it's, it's it's fun as well I think that's a big part of it you know it's like it's creative it's really creative and it's really fun yeah um, it's nice to like feel like you're part of a gang we talked about before like you feel like the same you're kind of like it's not a uniform but it's like you're just entering into this kind of like aesthetic and everything I think the difference so if you say like the bands that you listed are all really great examples all of them have created that out of a desire to express an idea there's a big difference between that and someone getting a band who and just going we should just put them you know a record label we should put them all in suits you know, there's yeah. there's a big difference between. I think you can feel when it's an organic, yes. natural, as you say, it's not a forced thing. It's mm -hmm. like it just is. You know, it's, yeah. it's who they are. Um, a, a big influence for me growing up was when I was a teenager. 
I was obviously into rock music and stuff, but I hadn't didn't feel like I'd quite found my band, you know, like I didn't know that, but I was always really interested, but felt like I like this about this band and this about this band. And then I read an article in Kerrang about White Zombie, Rob Zombie's old band. And I saw this picture and I was like, it just looked right. They just looked kind of crazy and weird and like authentic. And then I heard the record and it sounded exactly how they looked. And that combining of the two things just felt great to me. Like it didn't feel conservative. Like a lot of rock music and metal can be quite conservative. You know, there's a lot of rules about it. And a lot of, you know, it's it's mostly men who are embarrassed to draw attention mm. to themselves pretty much. Yeah. Um, and so seeing someone who's kind of like happy to be kind of freakishly different, not as a pose, but just do it and be it, I just found so attractive. Um, and that's just really informed kind of what we've done as a band. Yeah, no, definitely. And Kitty used the word organic, and that was on the tip of my tongue as well. You, you can tell. And, you know, for um, St Agnes, definitely, I can see how it is a labour of love from, from you as much as anything you do. And um, uh, another thing I loved, because uh, I love a dad joke, and uh, obviously it's not necessarily a dad joke, but I did see, obviously, you've got the blood splatter vinyl uh, available, which uh, obviously given it's the Bloodsuckers album, yeah. you know, I just, I love the little details like yeah. that. Yeah, I really, really do. Um, yeah. And fans listening, you can still go to the band's website and pick up some more bundles. Uh, I was also really intrigued to see you got some, you got the companion guide um, mm. there as well, which again is something different that isn't done. Um, and and again, I love to be able to see something a bit different. So again, how did the concept come up to to do that? Yeah. So when when I was saying like when I'm writing music, I'm picturing the world and the video that it's going to be and, and things like that. I also make art. Um, that, that ties in with the songs and just lots of like creative processes happening around writing music really mm -hmm. um, and we decided like we did it for our EP Vampire and um, we decided to compile lots of the art and write about the record because I like writing John likes writing mm -hmm. um, and it's to give like it's kind of like um, before when you had like a record and you had like the record book the sleeve and you had all of that like pictures and information and writing around it and I just like and CDs actually were great for that. The CD booklet was amazing. Mm. And I remember being a teenager and just obsessing over reading like every little bit in the CD booklet, just to know more about the band and the world mm -hmm. and just immerse myself more. So we really wanted to do something like that. Mm -hmm. Um just to, to give the fans and the listeners just way more information about like the recording process, about um what songs are about, things mm -hmm. like that, and art around it. Um, yeah, now I'm really proud of the companion guide. Actually, it's like 40 pages. Yeah, and it's just it's yeah, it's it's really cool. It's just a deeper dive for anyone who's who's really engaged with the record and wants more. It's there. You know, some people just want to put the streaming link on and absorb it while mm. they're like doing the washing up or something, and other people want to sit there and immerse themselves and live in it. And we wanted to give that rather than relying on a magazine doing an interview and hoping people can glean. We're like, well, let's just, just do it in our own words, you know, and. Um, and it's so nice to have something like tactile as well, because obviously we live so much on our on our phones and it just doesn't hit the same way as like mm -hmm. holding something in your hands. And we've um, been really fortunate to work with some great photographers. Yeah, and oh God, we yeah. don't get to share half of the stuff they do. And again, the photos that work well on Instagram are ones that are basically just a close up of someone's face. Yeah. We've got hundreds of photos that aren't like that, that we really wanted to share that deserve to be printed larger. Um, mm -hmm. 
that's why you know that's a, a lot of this one has photos um from our sort of collaborators um, rob blackham and scott chalmers um who've both done loads of loads of pictures and 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 del um derek bremner as well and um, we've done photos with all three of them and we love them and it's so nice to, to have see, them there to see them you know like on a4 is it a5 what is it i don't know a4? it's a comic book comic size book yeah so yeah 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 no it is wonderful i mean we were being nostalgic over music videos and music tv but i i'd like you could, yeah by going by a cd the first thing i'd do before i even press play would be read through the booklet that was just my yeah. routine and i'd immerse myself in that and yeah it is completely lost so i love to see things like that and definitely obviously encourage listeners if you can um afford to obviously go and pick up a, a copy um and you can create loads of different bundles on there there's design posters obviously different items and merch so, so definitely listeners the link will be in the bio of this episode go and check that out um and while you're there uh, on the website if you click on the live tab you can also see that the band have got a tour coming up this autumn um so uh, obviously hitting up uh, quite a few of the usual cities uh, plus some um, uh, obviously the less frequented uh, local to me is Norwich so I'll be definitely coming along to that um so um what should fans expect from a St Agnes show if they're going to come along we we work really hard on the live show like I mean we work we're kind of obsessive about everything and it's we have a really specific vision of what a good live show is um and so much of it is about trying to just shut the outside world out and create a place where people can lose themselves in the moment us and the audience um and everything from like the lights the sounds the set list to our performance is focused on trying to get that kind of magic mm -hmm. kind of concoction to happen because our like Kitty said with the record we're quite selfish in the way that we actually kind of approach everything with the band we create what we think is the greatest thing that we can do we're not trying to be like someone else we're not thinking oh people are going to like this or I mean we're just like what do we want to go and see yeah um and and for us it's something where the band are really emotionally engaged with the music they're playing you're seeing an artist trying to authentically kind of like connect in that moment and you as a fan if those songs mean a lot to you you want to see someone deliver them in the way that they've been doing it in your head when you're listening to the record you picture them singing it yeah. and you want to see that and it's your job I think as an artist to do your best not to fake that but to genuinely enter yeah. into that headspace it's, and do it's it. not easy to do that and I think particularly like with this record some of the songs are so personal like this is not the end I've been we've been playing that live uh on the Monster Magnet tour and at uh, Trees as well and it's it's really difficult you know it does I've been crying a lot on stage basically <laughs> <laughs> you can expect to see me crying I would imagine yeah. Uh, yeah. come to the tour yeah um but it's yeah it's I don't know it's very emotional it's gonna it's, it's emotionally an emotional tour yeah it's an emotional um, tour and something that we've noticed from our audiences like on the Monster Magnet tour or, you know we're opening for a, a bigger band mm. loads of people in the audience have never heard us before but the response we were getting was amazing and people even though they didn't know what was the background of the band you could tell that people coming up to merch desks and being like we could just tell there's something really this matters to you and that to us is like amazing it's to hear because it does matter deepest compliment yeah, yeah absolutely and we we 
we've always made this out of this um, band to be something that in our day-to-day life, we don't get to walk around being crazy and aggressive and smashing stuff up and, you know, crying at the drop of a hat and having moments of like extreme euphoria. You don't get to do that. And we want to have a totally like drop all the cynicism, drop all of the like self-consciousness because all these things cloud our thoughts all day every day and just be your naked raw self you know and free yeah it's this amazing feeling when you manage to like achieve that that moment yeah and the tree set was such a powerful just I think it was like half an hour but just uh, obviously just flew by because it was just so enjoyable and yeah uh, I'd definitely encourage listeners based off that to, to come along to a show. So preferably pick up a physical copy of the album, learn the songs, come along to a show and uh, sing the songs along with you guys. That's That would be my my message to the listeners um, today. And uh, that brings us to the final part of the podcast, which is uh, a new segment we've brought in for the last maybe five or six podcasts now called Magic Wand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to issue you both with a magic wand. You can have one each uh, and you can have one wish each or, or one um you, you can change one thing about the music industry basically um obviously there's a lot that does need to change in the industry and we've had some really fascinating answers over the last sort of um month or so of, of episodes so um yeah we'll start with you john if, if you want uh and uh what with what will you change with your magic wand i mean there's so many different avenues i could go down but the, just <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind was i think because uh, you're talking about the music industry, so we're kind of talking about the people that work in it, who I think, I'm thinking of the people who work in the music industry who aren't the musicians. And I think it would be just great for people to have a bit more kind of courage in their personal taste and conviction. I was Is that what you say? say? That. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've been incredibly fortunate that we um, have developed a relationship with Spine Farm and their head of A&R, who's a guy called Dante, who's an incredibly experienced uh, music industry veteran and just an absolute lover of rock music and art and he really treats us with like a great deal of respect and there needs to be I think if that attitude could spread further um, and people be braver and bolder about like well I think this is amazing so I'm going to stand behind it even though it maybe hasn't got like 10,000 Instagram fans before they've released a song or whatever you know just go this is good and I think people should hear it because I'm a human being and if I like it there's going to be other human beings like me that also like it I think that would it's just like there needs to be more risk taking by the music industry and I think like like kind of progressing that idea of, of being bolder like I think people need to invest in you know not the normal thing in rock and metal which is you know white men basically you know mm-hmm. the whole rock and metal industry mm-hmm. is built you know on, on those kind of artists um and i just think that you know like more money is always will always be put behind those projects because it's like a safe bet you know people know that there'll be an audience for s- certain kind of thing but i just it'd be so great to see more risk taking of like mm-hmm. no fuck it like this is great and yeah there might not be like um a model for this that's already happened but someone's like got to be the first one right like that's it's got it, to be a child yeah. Believe in trailblazers. Yeah. Believe people and fund, can fund yeah. them properly. You know, like, yeah, um, because that's that's the problem, really, for, for most 
for a lot of art, great artists is mm-hmm. they're not just not being funded properly so they can't get the stuff out there you know? yeah i'd say it's something that we kind of been aware of when we see like other bands that we know that we've really admired uh, smaller bands is that by the time the industry is paying enough attention to them they've been going long enough that they're kind of exhausted and finding it really hard to kind of maintain it and i think people people like saw them earlier and could have got into it and believe in it and push it and i think it would make all the difference there's a great frank zappa quote where he talks about this he said that like when he was like young and in first in bands the record executives were people that were just businessmen smoking cigars that knew nothing about music that just wanted to make money and they would go well i don't know what this is but if people like it fuck it i'll fund it whatever it is you know and then the next stage was those businessmen being like why don't I get one of these cool young guys to come in and find loads of other bands for me? And he goes, and that was the beginning of the problem because those cool young guys are really fearful because they've suddenly got a great job. They don't want to upset anyone. And they generally just want to get people that look like them on stage rather than having the boldness to go, well, what what are people into? What's exciting? And I think that there's a, just a fear generally around all art. You know, it's not just music, it's most like media and everything mm. that to conform. Like we talk about, people talk about that right now music is genreless. I, I disagree totally. Like I think that there's a lot more genres and bands can flip between genres, but each of the genres they touch on, people expect them to kind of, when they do like a more like metal song to stick to the rules of metal and when they do a punky song to stick to the rules of punk. I just, we hate that stuff and life to blur the lines and it's amazing how like you just do one thing slightly outside of the norm yeah and people are like what the fuck is that you know um so yeah boldness long long lots of words to say be bold (laughs) (laughs) no but it's such an important thing and i i couldn't agree more it's a really good choice there and i'm really sorry kitty i went to john first and he stole your uh (laughs) what you were gonna see i chimed in do you know what i mean i feel like yeah so. <laughs> so you can just double down with your magic wand and, and maybe may something will actually happen if magic is real but um yeah, yeah definitely so much that does need to to change in the industry and um yeah it's really been fascinating adding that um section into the the podcast so uh yeah, yeah thank you for that and um obviously thank you for joining me on the podcast it's been really really great chatting with you bloodsuckers is is an amazing album that listeners need to go and check out um and uh we always throw the last message just over to the guests um so what would be your last message for the listeners today we hope that you find something in the record that well we hope that people the right people who need to find something in music right now um that our record does that for you you know like art is about the listener as much as it is about the artist and the right record at the right time can make the world a difference and we just hope that our record does that for for some people Mm. um and you know we love we we love hearing the stories that people have sent us so if anything you want to say to us like we're reachable you know come say hi at a gig or, or message us or whatever and we're we love it we love the community that we're building yeah, no, it is a fantastic community. And um, obviously, I, I can't um, thank you enough for coming on the podcast and sharing all of that with me. Thank, yeah, thank you. you. Thanks, Thanks for taking the time. 
Well, thank you everyone for listening. I really do hope you enjoyed that chat there with St Agnes. Please do make sure that you check out their new album, Bloodsuckers, and of course, follow the band across social media to stay up to date with everything coming from them. You can also follow Full Pelt on social media. We are on Facebook at Full Pelt and on Twitter and Instagram at Full Pelt Music. And finally, if you would, please do hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, wherever you're watching or listening, because we'll be back very soon with another episode of the Full Pelt Music podcast.